Welcome to the What If We Loved podcast with your hosts, Bruce and Shay Mason and Janie Hogan. In this podcast, we explore what the love of God the Father really looks like. We want to help you enter into a deeper experience of His love for you so you can better know who God is, who you are, and how to live a life in love every single day. Well, welcome back, everybody. How are you guys doing? Good. Great. It's Bruce and Shay and Janie, as always. The whole crew is here. What are we talking about today? Oh, yes. Marriage. 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 Well, we are on part two of our marriage podcast. The first one we talked, I think, a little bit more broadly about the importance of marriage, and we talked about uh, marriage as a covenant and we talked about what else we talking about jesus at the center yeah at the marriage yeah and and what marriage looks like and and all that and shared a little bit but today we want to want to get down to the nitty-gritty just delve a little bit yeah a little bit more practical a little bit deeper into some of the key things that help uh marriage thrive and succeed and we're going to share it also by sharing some of the ways that that we Maybe made some wrong decisions along the way, but then and then had to to uh, kind of walk out of those those difficult times, just as a way of hopefully showing you that that struggles can be overcome, but also encouragement that hey, you know, marriage isn't easy, yeah, but God is good and it's important and um, it's worth it. It's worth it. So we um, we've got just a few topics we want to talk a little bit about. First of all, maybe the most important topic of all, and that's forgiveness. And forgiveness, we always say, Shay and I, are, I do a lot of healing ministry. Well, Jenny does too. Um, and unforgiveness is the number one block we found to healing. Yeah. That when there's unforgiveness, I mean, let's let's talk through that that process a little bit. So when you have um, unforgiveness you tend to find that unforgiveness will metastasize itself. So if, you, if you're not quick to forgive, then unforgiveness you know, can result in anger and then can bitterness turn it, into bitterness. Yeah. yeah, And bitterness can lodge itself very deeply in our hearts. And I don't know, you know for you guys, but sometimes you run across people who just, they're just very bitter people. And, their personality and and they're just kind of prickly people and mm. hard to deal with. Yeah. And I don't tend to, you know, I try not to get, you know, angry at people like that. I just say, Oh gosh, what, you know, what happened? What's going yeah, on? What in happened? Yeah, what happened in their lives? Yeah. You know, something must have happened. But when bitterness metastasizes, it can be really hard to dislodge. First yeah. of all, you you can time can go by and you may not even fully remember the nature of the of the the hurt. But then, you know, in a relationship like marriage, it's it serves as a wedge, you know, when you're not quick to forgive, then the bitterness comes and then it's a wedge. And pretty soon you're starting to walk in different directions or it's like you, you, you separate an inch and over time you're walking up further and further and further and further. Yeah, apart. Cause whatever happened that led to the unforgiveness, you know, in our, in our personal lives, if we don't forgive, healing is not going to happen. But even more so in in a marriage relationship, you can't get past the offense if you're never going to forgive. And so healing isn't, it isn't possible. 
Yeah. And back, going back to the marriage vow, which I think we talked about last time. Um, did we talk about it last time? Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it last time. Um, you know, for better or for worse. You know, yeah. and not all times are going to be better. Not all times are going to be worse. But we're in it together for better or for worse. And how do we get through the worst times? Well, forgiveness is huge. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, in a in a family, if if the husband and the wife the mom and the dad are modeling that for their children. That's yeah. huge as well. You're going to be raising children then that hopefully are quick to forgive and understand the importance of that and bringing that into their marriages one day. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of the things that we did with our kids is, is we, we, Shay and I tried to model, we weren't always perfect at this. So I'm, really, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we did when we would argue in front of the kids or they were, when they're aware of, some kind of a, an argument. And I don't think we argued a lot, but when we did argue, sometimes it was, it was well, an kids argument. Kids are so smart. Like they yeah. can tell when things well, are going the thing. on. I think that it's, you know, I've heard people say, oh my gosh, we argued in front of their, uh, in front of our kids, or I cried in front of my kids. Like, you know, that's so terrible. That's terrible parenting. I'm like, I don't actually think so. I think yeah. that's mm-hmm. being real and you're teaching them then mm-hmm. how to walk through that. If a child never sees their parents in disagreement or cry or cry or show emotion. Well, that's just not honest. And then they're not going to know how to do that when they are in a difficult spot in -hmm. a relationship. Yeah. It's really important for kids to see. I mean, the arguments would be better if they didn't happen, but when there are arguments to see how it does get resolved. Mm -hmm. And so what Shay and I tried to do and still try to do is that when we argue, we, you know, we, we ask each other for forgiveness and we would do this in front of the kids, some as well, to ask for forgiveness or at least tell them later that this is what we did. Um, but there's really two sides to it. One is the, you know, will you forgive me for arguing? But then there's the acceptance of that forgiveness mm-hmm. as well. Because you can say, you know, will you forgive me? And the person can be like, oh, yeah, it's okay. But to actually say, yes, I forgive you. Not just yeah. sweeping it under the rug, but yeah actually really going there and, and forgiving from the heart and in as much as that's possible in that moment. Cause sometimes yeah. it's, sometimes it takes time and sometimes there's layers depending upon yeah. what happened. Yeah. One of my mottos I live by is ask for forgiveness quickly and accept it quickly. Mm-hmm. And I mostly mean it with God, but I think it's also applicable for if you're asking for forgiveness, do it quickly, but then mm-hmm. also accept it quickly, like accept right. the forgiveness quickly. If some, if you're like, if you've wronged someone and you're like, please forgive me. And they're like, okay, you don't just wallow around thinking like, oh, they didn't actually forgive me and like live ashamed. And like, you're not like, it's not fresh. You have to trust that Mm -hmm. they're telling you the truth. Well, we, we kind of put it like we, you got to complete the transaction. Yeah. The forgiveness. And then there's the, the acceptance of forgiveness. And that has the releasing power that if you're quick to forgive and you're quick to accept the forgiveness, then it dispels the darkness and breaks the power. It does. Yeah. Very quickly. Uh, and I know there's some things that people can do that are really horrible. And so I don't want to suggest that forgiveness isn't also a process yeah. and can't take time. And when trust is broken, forgiveness can be difficult because then, you know, you may not trust that the person is right. really... Yeah. Might need to be like rebuilt. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's so many scriptures in the Bible that talk very specifically about forgiveness. Jesus oh, yeah. is really big. <laughs> on forgiveness. And there might be a reason for that. Yeah. It might be important. <laughs> well, and Jesus himself, he, he, when he hung on the cross, what did he say to the father? His, mm-hmm. his, one of his last 
sort of dying heart wishes was father forgive them they, for they don't know what they're doing. Oh, what they're yeah. doing. And how many times in a marriage right. <laughs> do we not know right. what we're doing? Well, and the people weren't repentant at all, yet right. he still was forgiving. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so So even when someone isn't sorry, right. It's important still to still release them. Yeah. And um in, to live like completely free. Right. Totally, yeah. And then in um in Matthew, uh, what chapter? Chapter eighteen, uh, Peter asked this of Jesus. He says, and Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Let's replace this with Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my wife who sins against me? <laughs> Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy seven times. And seventy seven here is not he's not Speaking of a literal 70 times. Okay, wait, that's one. That's two. That's You're some really petty people. Right. <laughs> He's right. Saying, We're done now. I did it. I counted. <laughs> but it's it's meant to be sort of infinite amount of times. Yeah. That you just keep forgiving mm-hmm. and keep forgiving and keep forgiving. And, um, you know, in, in our marriage too, we've always tried um, – we're not always perfect with this, but you know, if we have an argument during the day, we try to not go to bed with a with things left unresolved, just because then you got to deal with it in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, when you and I have argued, sometimes we will kind of keep coming at each other um, and not take the break that we need. So there are yeah, times I, when I, I will admit that I I want to feel heard that's something that has come up again and again in our marriage so So, i will keep going at it until i feel like he understands and that's not always constructive (laughs) so we get so we get offended right so we get offended with each other and then we want in that process of being offended and you want to to make your point and be shown they have to be shown that you're the one who's right in that situation. So sometimes you do need to break. So when I was talking about trying to sort things out before you go to bed, well, if, if you've been at each other's throats right before you go to bed, maybe going to bed is the best thing to do because yeah. you get the break. Right. You but wake up but to, to say, to mutually agree that we're going to, yeah, we're going to pause and we're going to sort this yeah. out later, but not, you know, it's not talking about just, Forgetting about it and going to bed in a rage and then having the same thing come up in the morning. It's we're, we're agreeing that this isn't going anywhere right now, but you know, and maybe saying something like, I do love you, but we need to take a break and just sleep on this and discuss, discuss it more tomorrow. Yeah. I feel like sometimes it's the kindest thing to keep discussing and keep trying to get to the bottom of it, especially if it's going to leave one person just feeling miserable, mm-hmm. like waking up miserable the next, if, or worried, you know, or scared for the relationship or something. But I feel like if it's something that sometimes I can actually be more kind just to let it be and to be like, we're okay. We're, we'll be able to solve yeah. this later. And to let our emotions kind of settle a little bit so that we can yeah. come at it from a healthier place. Yeah. I wonder that verse that said, like, because there's a verse that says, do not go to bed well, in your anger, right? Right, right, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just going to that right now. There it is, Ephesians 4.26. And it, yeah, it says, um, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood, speak truthfully to your neighbor for all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and don't give the devil a foothold. 
Well, that's like, actually, I never really thought about this, but that doesn't say you must sort out your issues before you go to bed. It just says don't go to bed on your anger. Yeah. So like as long as you are in a calm place where you're mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll sort this out tomorrow, right. that'd be great because you're not going yeah. to bed angry, but right. it might not be completely solved. Might not be finished. But don't, go, yeah. don't slam the door screaming obscenity <laughs> and be like, I'm going to bed. Like, yeah. you yeah. know, because I think that happens a lot in right. a lot of marriages and and that's not – it's not the best way to handle it. No, for sure not. Um, so we, I just want to tell a story, um, something that happened to Shane and I that really dials into the whole forgiveness thing, but also also trust, trust which yeah. is something else that we really wanted to talk about. And I think about. it was probably one of the hardest things we've ever walked through. Yeah, it was very early on yeah, in our marriage as well. And it's one of those things that ended up being an amazing lesson. I think we grew a lot. Yeah, we've been married about five years when this happened. Yeah. And we were at a conference in Denver. It was a church-related conference, and I had a role there as a communications um, director. We were, we were doing a sort of big launch of a campaign at this convention we were at. And I'd spent a good part of a year working on this and preparing for it. And it was just a ton of work. And so it came down to that final day where we were actually going to have the launching press conference and big day. And then Shay gives me a ring on my cell phone. And what did you tell me? Well, moving back a couple days before that, we, um, it was unusually hot in Denver that summer and I had taken our daughter. We had our, our 10 month old with us. Um, we were staying a whole month in Denver, staying in a, in a hotel, and I had taken her um, to an indoor play center because it was just, she would cry every time we would get out in the heat and we're super, super pale people. And <laughs> be, being out in, in the sun midday was not good for any of us. And um, so I took her to this nice shopping mall that had this indoor play area. And I'm, I'm certain this is where it happened. Yeah, I'm She sure. picked up norovirus. And um, so she was super sick. I mean, just major dehydration. Um, We had to take her to the emergency room and get her Mm. rehydrated, which is awful watching watching them try to get an IV into these tiny little veins and failing. And yeah, it was awful. So eventually put it in her head. Yeah. No, her her foot. Her foot that time. Yeah. That time. (laughs) That time. This (laughs) happened more than once. But um, we were just, you know, no one wants to see their 10 month old in that condition. And so we spent the night in the hospital with her and they released her the next day. And we went back to the hotel and Bruce was able to get back to work, but he was only back at work for, I don't know, a day and a half. Yeah. And it was launch time. And I was at the hotel with Abigail and I started to feel really sick. And, and I have a fair, fairly high tolerance for, that sort of thing, but it got bad quickly. <laughs> and I really, honestly, I've, I've never had that type of stomach illness before. <laughs> and I, I could not keep anything in. And so I have a daughter who's recovering from being quite ill and she's in her little pack and play in the hotel there. And I can't tend to her at all. And I was on the bathroom floor and I called Bruce and I said, I just, I can't. I can't do this. I am so sick. Yeah. And he told me that he would he would come home as soon as he could. Mm-hmm. And so in in my mind I'm I'm counting the minutes. Right. 
and getting weaker and weaker. And, and, and eventually I kind of just passed out on the bathroom floor. Yeah. And, um, I don't know how long it was before I came back, but I had a, a very, you know, I had a very significant choice to make there. Do I come home uh, to my wife who clearly is in need or do I stay and launch, um, this project, which I've been working on for ages. And there really wasn't, at least in my mind, there wasn't anyone else who could do it mm. except for me, since it was in a sense, my baby. Um, and I made the wrong choice and I decided to stay, uh, get the thing launched to do the press conference and then went back afterwards. And that was a really, really bad decision, uh, that caused a lot of damage to our marriage. And it took a long time for us to come out of that place and particularly in the area of, of trust. And maybe you can speak to that, you know, how that impacted you, Shay. Well, I mean, and Bruce did come back. He found me there in the bathroom and took me to the emergency room. And then yeah. I spent the night in the hospital. He stayed with me and um, they got me rehydrated and um, I got out the next day. Um, but the way we perceive things can also often come from old heart wounds. Yeah. And back when I was 18 years old um, in college, I got very, very ill, um, very quickly and was taken to the hospital by uh, ambulance and spent a week in and out of consciousness, um, had a very severe virus, which at first they thought was meningitis and then it, it wasn't. Um, but I was very, very unwell. And toward the end of the week, when I was more awake, the doctor came in and he said, well, when are your parents coming? And I said, I don't, I don't know. And they said, someone's called your parents. Right. And I said, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and he went and talked to the nurse and no one had contacted my parents. So here I'd been, you know, in and out of consciousness in the hospital all week and no one had been there for me. Um, no one at school knew that I was there other than my roommate um, who put me in the ambulance. Um, and I'd just been alone all week. And so I think that I was really, really triggered by that, that memory of just being, yeah, unable to, to take care of myself and completely alone, feeling helpless. Um, so with all of that going on in my heart, I just really felt that I couldn't trust Bruce to, to be there for me. Yeah. And, you know, in a dire situation, I felt like, oh, well, I was just left alone. And, um, I, I made some judgments in my heart. And I, I could tell that he was desperately sorry about what had happened. Like, I mean, yeah, he was pretty quick to ask for forgiveness. Oh, he was. He definitely was. But I think that it it took me a while, and I I knew that he was sorry, and I forgave him at whatever level I could forgive him then. Mm -hmm. But it took time to rebuild that trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I I know that over the next year or so, year, couple of years that there were times that I did not treat him well because there was something going on in my heart where I just felt like I couldn't trust him. And we got back to where we lived in DC and he would call from work and he would say, you know, I'm going to be home around whatever time. And if he didn't show up then he was going to hear it from me. Like I did not treat him well. 
I expected him to come home when he said he was going to come home. And I can see now that it was coming from that place mm-hmm. yeah. of feeling like, well, I can't, I can't trust that he'll be here for us and for the kids. And so I started saying things to him like, well, you know, you don't respect the fact that I take care of the kids all day and cook dinner for you. And I need you to be here when dinner is ready. And it was really, it was pretty nasty. I mean, because there were a lot of times when he was late for very legitimate reasons that he couldn't control, like DC traffic. Yeah, no one can control was, DC traffic. That was a big one. But I would get super, super angry if if he at any point said that he would be there for something and was not there. Yeah. And I think that the trust over time got rebuilt. It was it was intentional. I tried to be as intentional as I could. I know I wasn't perfect at it, but when you needed me somewhere, I was there. And I've I've never I also you know, there's, I usually tell people don't make vows, but I kind of made a vow in a sense that, that I was never, you know, going to not be there for Shay mm-hmm. again, if I had control over it, Yeah, obviously. Right. But that's a vow happen. that's in line with our wedding vows. I mean, that's right. It would just that, that I would, um, I would value, I would value her to the best that I possibly could over, you know, over my work for sure. Um, and I think it was over time, uh, also God worked on both of our hearts. Mm. Um, and as we started to receive more healing in our own hearts, I think it became easier um, to begin to you know, forgive each other. And certainly in this instance, um, although it took, it took several years, we did get through it. Yeah. I mean, and I had to be very intentional about giving him grace, and he had to be intentional about showing that I was his priority. Yeah, honoring yeah. and respecting you yeah. as my wife. But and, and part of this came, too, out of my growing up, my dad growing up. I mean, he was never home on time. Like, he just was never, ever, So ever. it was, like, normal to you, where it's like, it was, oh, it's yeah. fine. It was normal to me and and didn't, um, you know, I don't want to be too, too hard on him, but in a sense didn't respect um, my mother in the sense of, of her role in preparing things and, and the way they kind of structured it in the family. And so, you know, it's, this was the model I grew yeah. up with. And I think it was different from what happened in, in my family. My dad, at least when I was young, he had a job where he got off at five. He didn't hang around. He had no desire to hang around after he got off at <laughs> right, five. Right. And so he would be home sitting at the kitchen table, reading the newspaper by five thirty, And that was, you know, it was clockwork. Right. So just very different backgrounds. (laughs) This is just making me realize when you guys were talking, I was like, maybe there's different levels of sorry because it's like if if he just came and was like, oh, sorry, and it didn't mean so much to you, it's like once he learned that it meant more to you and Mm. had this huge significance, it's like he was more sorry. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about one example that I had told you guys recently where I was – I was running late when I was traveling abroad. We were in Angkor Wat or we were in Cambodia and we were going to Angkor Wat for sunrise. I am not a morning person. (laughs) I was running late. I did not expect for them to stay for me. Like if they needed to go, I knew that they'd leave. I just thought if I'm late, I'll, I might miss it. So that was my mentality. I'm getting ready. Um, I get down to the bus and there was this teacher there that was just livid. Like he Mm. was so angry at me and he was just like, I, I couldn't understand it because I was like, I, you know, I thought I was just doing it for my own sake where if I missed it, I missed it. Um, but, and I said, sorry, you know, I, I'm sorry I'm late. But in just thinking about it now, I'm like, well, what if his life goal 
was to see not life goal, but like one of his one of his life dreams was to see Angkor Wat at sunrise. Mm-hmm. And here is this girl who might be jeopardizing that. So like yeah. I said sorry in like a normal way, like I'm sorry I'm late, but thank goodness we didn't miss the sunrise. I don't know if that was his dream. <laughs> he could have right. just been you know someone that's always on time. I'm not sure, but the idea that if I had known hey, that was actually like one of my life dreams and I'm terrified that I'm going to miss it, then it almost would have been a deeper sorry for me where it's like you have different levels of sorry and without knowing that she had these experiences. sorry I didn't know how much that meant to you. Yeah, there's almost like deeper levels of sorry. Mm. And and I almost wonder how many marriages are affected by that of someone just saying sorry but not realizing actually this one requires a deeper level of sorry because this actually affected them more than I could have guessed. And then Grace from the other side too of how would they have guessed that? <laughs> right, right. No, they can't I, read my mind. Point. And I think we have encountered that before where like one of us will say sorry and the other will say, well, I don't feel that you're sorry enough. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like this one means this one needs a deeper sorry. <laughs> Which is not really a nice thing to say back to someone. Yeah, like accept, right. accept the sorry yeah. when it comes. <laughs> well, that's part of the process too. Is I think we talked in the last podcast about you bring your baggage into a marriage. Yeah. And – Sometimes you don't know what's there, mm-hmm. and off, well, most of the time you don't know everything. Yeah, why that's might there. this be a deeper pain than right. you think? Yeah, and and ideally, when you're preparing for marriage, when you're going through marriage counseling, you can start to to dig into those things. So it's everything's not a surprise when you finally are married. Married, but there is there needs to be an awareness that uh, in of one another and the fact that we do come from different backgrounds and different places. And it's so easy to miss that, right? You know, because you get your emotion going, you get angry, and it's it's sort of like your your heart in a way goes out the window in terms of your compassion and empathy for the other person. And then you can start to say things that you know you shouldn't say. Right. Like you can you can go for the you can go for the wound actually, and right. I, mean, I think we've both done that before. And then you think, why did I say that? That's right. That's right. Mm. We're going to talk about communication <laughs> in just a minute. Actually, healthy communication. But just some final things about trust, though, is that. That it once it's broken, it can be hard to repair, but it is repairable. It just takes time, mm-hmm. and and the quicker you are to forgive and to receive and extend forgiveness, then the quicker that process happens. Right. But we all know that each one of us has, as we we're just talking about, different things going on in our own hearts, different baggage, different yeah. issues that sometimes makes that difficult. Right, and I will say that it is absolutely possible to rebuild that trust, mm-hmm. given. That both parties are willing to work on it. Yeah. Well, and that's the next thing I was going to say, but yeah. Well, that's what I was just thinking too, because I, I was just thinking about the way we look at friendship. If Even if I'm the best friend in the world to someone, if they're you know, not a great friend, it's like, is this going to be a great friendship? Maybe not. And right. yet in marriage, so often I see that with one person thinking, if I'm just the best married person in the entire world and I- I'll make him better. Then or... like our marriage will be great. And sometimes it's just- it's hard because it's like it does take two people to make yeah. a great marriage and that doesn't mean that you can't do everything you can. Right. And I think marriage is different because it's a covenant. It's mm-hmm. not just like a friendship. So you you definitely want to give it your all. Right. But but you also you can't some get circums- hard on yourself if, yeah. if you know <laughs> There's some circumstances where you can't blame yourself no, if yeah. they don't respond the way you, you expect. You can't control someone else. Yeah, I mean, right. if, if if your spouse is, you know, serial adulterer, 
or something. And, you know, yeah. there's just things that are where there's just some, simply no way that you can trust the other person and things have broken down to such an extent. Then sometimes there are things that can't be repaired. Yeah. But even with communication, like if someone is just an awful communicator, like they're mean mm-hmm. or maybe not abusive, because then that would be same, you know, same grounds for potentially leaving if it right. can't be mended. But even if it's not abusive, it's just really poor communication, unkind communication. Mm-hmm. If one person's working on it, one person's not, sometimes it's like you can't get hard on yourself if the other person doesn't change. You can't make yeah. them change. Mm-hmm. But I think in that situation, it's more like, okay, this is your chance to practice a lot of patience and grace as you hope that God will transform them. But that's tough. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not their, it's not their job to make the other person right. be better at caring. Because you can't. You can't make right. someone. Now, we've prayed for a lot of people who are having struggles with their spouses. And that's a big point. We're like, why can't he be more like? Why can't she be more like? Why can't I do something? It's because you can't. You can't make somebody change. Yeah. Right. Your only responsibility is for your own heart. Mm-hmm. And that you're, you, you, as much as possible, keep your own heart yeah. soft and are quick to forgive. And, and hopefully that then in doing that, that will benefit the marriage and impact your spouse in some way, but you can't tell them. Janie, we were talking before and Janie was saying, you know, what, if people could just be kind, like kindness goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And when we don't forgive and we allow bitterness to come in, we have no capacity to be kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's just, you know, that's where real breakdown happens because there may be things you can't change about your spouse, but if you approach them with kindness and, you know, understanding, then you can still love them even when there's things that you wish weren't the way they are. Yeah. But, you know, you can take those things to God Mm -hmm. and surrender your need to control those things and keep your heart soft. What's crazy to me is like, I was just talking to a friend about this, but how many expectations one person puts on the other that they would never want put on them. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's just not kindness. Like you would never want or even if you would, like just having understanding for their values as well. Like yeah. even if you are someone that just is always clean and you're all like you always have everything tidy, but they are not. Yeah. Um, it might be hard because you're like, well, I would want someone keeping me clean, but that's your value. Like think of something else that would you want someone if you run late, would you want someone to always be like, you need to be on time, like you're disrespect like think of Try to put yourself in someone else's shoes that has different values than right, you, right. not just in their shoes with your own values. Yeah, we all have different things. And yeah, for some people, like being on time is is super important. For some people, having a very, very tidy house is super important. But, you know, those aren't things that a marriage should end over. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, Bruce, I'm such a neat freak. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if that, if that was You said it so convincingly. For a second, I was like, wait, are you? Yeah. And then I forgot. Jamie looks around our house and is like, no, no it's I, not, I don't it's think not this messy. is true. I was going to say, if, if not having a tidy house was an excuse for getting uh, separated, then <laughs> tell you what, but can you we imagine, wouldn't last it very long. No, Shay's like, not Can you imagine bad. if someone was just so unkind about that right. and how it would just start wearing on you of, yeah. wow, they really don't. I mean, I, I've- made strides to do better in that area over the years. And Bruce has given me a lot of grace. Yeah. And, and we've come to a, 
a happy medium. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that tension usually, of consideration. Happy medium. You know, <laughs> you want to consider the other person's desires, but then it's from the other side as well. Yeah. You know, like if Jimmy's a slob and Susie's not, it's like on both sides. I think that sometimes yeah. it's like Susie just says, "Oh, well, Jimmy needs to be clean, and that's it." Yeah. But actually, it's yeah, Jimmy could be more considerate to try to be clean, but. Susie could be a little more graceful in understanding right. that this isn't a rule in the Bible. It's not mandatory for someone to be clean. It can be respectful, but then the other person showing respect might be showing them grace and trying to understand where they're coming from and that they might not want to be cleaning every second of the day. And there's just this. Yeah. Or I that, you that- know, going to bed at, at- 10.30 is more important mm. than having every single dish washed, you know? Yeah, well, she's just, just like a hoarder, kindness. so, you know, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just, I think I've just realized kindness. Like it's un, it's valuing someone else's yeah. preferences too. Not It doesn't mean you have to not value mm-hmm. yours. It's just acknowledging theirs. Yeah. But one example I think of for me and my very new marriage, which I'm not trying to speak from a place of too much authority in marriage because mm. what do I, I mean, it's been... A few months. Um, but I really love my husband and I really think he's the best. He's an angel. So I learned a lot from him. But he, um, we were having a discussion because we were about to leave for Charlotte for my sister's um, baby reveal or mm-hmm. what is it called? Gender reveal. Gender, thank you. <laughs> baby <laughs> reveal for her gender reveal. And we had to get there that night. She was letting us sleep over. She's more of a timely person. She also is pregnant, so she's not going to stay up super late. She's tired. And Trey got home from work and he just he's like I really want to work out. And I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm the late one in my family. This is triggering something from my past of always feeling like I'm doing something wrong if I'm not there on time. So I'm sitting there anxious. I'm like, "Well, can you just work out later? Do you have to work out? I don't understand." Like I I wasn't mad, but I just was confused. I'm like, why do we really need to do this right now? And then he was like, and I want to shave. And I know that that means a good 30 minutes. (laughs) So working out for 30 minutes, shaving for 30 minutes, then showering. How do you shave for 30 minutes? I don't know. You can ask him how he spends so much time. I'm. Huh. He just takes this. He's some. I love this about him, but he just takes his time. Like he's someone One that really hair at a time. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not thirty minutes, but he just is like a very. He's not a rushed person. He just takes his time. He savors. Quality. He's really wonderful. Saver. I love he that word. Well, yeah, he is wonderful. He is wonderful. But it's just when I'm hearing this, I'm like, okay, there goes an hour and a half. We're going to be there at like 12. And so I was getting anxious and it was a moment of just saying what I was thinking. But then I was like, okay, I know he respects me. I know he's not, I'm, I'm communicating that I don't want to be late. So like what's actually going on? And then I was like, well, why do you want to work out? And he had a hard day and he's like, it just calms him. He mm-hmm. feels like it really sets him up for success. He felt like it felt like it actually felt necessary to him in that moment. So I was like, okay. That works. But in that moment, I felt like if I had gone a different route and just be like, no, it's not that important. You don't need to do it. Just buck up and let's go. Mm-hmm. Like that is so unkind. Like, yeah, that might not be my value mm-hmm. to work out before going somewhere. Like that doesn't – I don't need that. But like 
to be kind is to understand that he's different than me and he right. might need that. But then he also did compromise because I was like, well, can you shave there? <laughs> and he's like, yes. <laughs> so there was, he had kindness for me as well because I told him, you know, I'm always the late one. I, I feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. being late. So I think that he's just taught me a lot about kindness and I think I'm a kind person too. So it, it helps, but I realized in that situation how easy it could have been to just view it as my values and mm -hmm. you don't need to do this because I have decided that's not important. It, it could have erupted. I mean, I don't yeah. see this with your personalities, but <laughs> I mean, I could see that <laughs> erupting into something where you were angry at each other the yeah. whole drive there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's such a healthy example mm -hmm. of compromise that only happened because you took the time to really hear what was going on in each other's hearts. Right. And that's so important. So important. That comes also with your intentionality and, and also. Yeah. You guys are so nice to me. <laughs> maturity as well. I, well, I don't know. I thank you. That's I mean, nice. I think, you know, from our experience of 28 years, we've, we've had some of those arguments that erupted into something that they shouldn't have. And you're yeah. sitting in the car on a long drive somewhere and you're, well, it's hard to reach about, understanding. You yeah, know? It's, like, it's like a challenging thing. Right. Yeah. And, honestly, and not that you need to. You know, sometimes <laughs> you don't need to reach understanding, but it does make it easier. And honestly, so many of those things that do erupt into the big argument yeah. are silly. They're yeah. silly, silly things. And things you look back that, and you're like, why? Why did that happen? Yeah, things that just get, get um, blown out of proportion or just a reflection of maybe, you know what, maybe you've just had a bad day. And so something triggers you and suddenly the little thing that normally you would never get upset about just hits you and suddenly you're in an argument. Yeah. There's all mm -hmm. kinds of ways. And then we're, um, but to be able to take a step back and just say, Hey, what's going on? Why, why are you reacting that way? Right. You know, and maybe sometimes it's too far gone at that point. Right. Like simply the question of why are you be. reacting that way could be a trigger, but but to just try and see where the other person's coming from. That's, yeah. that's kind. That's loving. We were saying is when we were, before we even started, when Janie was saying, just be kind or whatever. And we're saying, well, this podcast could really only be about, you know, five minutes. We could just get on <laughs> and be like, what's the secret, you know, to marriage or the most biggest practical be tips? Kind. <laughs> Love each other and be kind. Yeah. The end. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Yes. Well, and that's huge. <laughs> yeah. That really is huge. And, but the reality is it's not as yeah, it's easy. It's not simple, but it's not that. that simple. Well, we all right. have we all have different love languages. And so somebody may be very kind in bringing home flowers, but maybe the other person really just wanted to sit and have a talk from the heart, you know? Yeah. So understanding yeah. that, okay, maybe the flowers weren't what I was looking for, and I'm not saying that I love flowers. I love it. it brings <laughs> yes. flowers, but you're like, I'm just, I've just seen so this. you know, I love flowers. <laughs> but oh, I, you do? I have, oh. I have seen this with other couples where it's like, okay, well, he did this, but that's not what I needed. But yeah, but, but then acknowledge yeah. that, that that was something that they were doing to be kind and to really love you where you are. Yeah. That was something I learned in my last relationship is God told me, he's like, there, he just kept showing me like that he didn't really have that much grace for me. And I didn't think of that as that big of a deal. But then I thought about it. I was like, actually, I think that is a key right. because everyone's hopefully trying their best. Mm -hmm. 
And if someone doesn't have grace for the other person, it's just not, it's never going to be enough. Like you're never going to, it's just hard. Like it's going to be hard. And so I think that's something that I really value is when you don't understand someone to have grace for them, Mm -hmm. when you're struggling to try to have grace for them. You know, and all of these things, kindness, grace, all of these things are possible because we are in Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're only possible. He gives us insights too, right? Like, you yeah. know, and we can we can take things back to God and say, you know, I I need your wisdom about this yeah. situation, or just help me to respond with kindness because on our own we can't do that. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we are not we are not capable of doing it without what God imparts to us. That's why having um, Jesus right in the center of the marriage, and that's and that's really what you're when, you know when you have Christian marriage, you're inviting Jesus to come in, in the center. And it's not like he says, okay, now you're married and figure it out. He says, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you to the very end of the age. He's as invested or even more invested yeah. in the marriages than we are because he knows what's healthy. He knows what we need. He knows everything. He knows, he knows our, our passions and our temptations. Yeah. And, you know, like the passage we read earlier in your anger, do not sin. Right. There's going to be anger. Yeah. But we can handle it in a way where we don't cross that line. Yeah, there's a healthy way to deal yeah. with anger. That's right. And that's probably another podcast topic, yeah. actually. <laughs> we, we probably, we, we didn't really even get too much on the communication side of things, but I think that- Other than be kind, but yeah, that's-, yeah. that's... Listen. Take time to <laughs> yeah. listen to each other. Right. It's important. And for some people, being heard- yeah. is even more important yeah. because maybe they grew up in a household where they didn't feel heard right. or they have wounds. And so just taking time to listen to each other is, yeah. is huge. Mm-hmm. Why don't we, as we always do, uh, pray to close this podcast and hopefully we gave you some helpful information and didn't just ramble on a bit, but we <laughs> love talking. We just love hanging out. So it's kind of fun. So I hope you enjoy it too. Um, and, Yeah, let's pray. Oh, Father God, I want to thank you that you created men and women, that you created your children to live in community and live in relationship with one another. And that's how we've been designed. You didn't create us as autonomous acting individuals, even though that's what the culture likes to think about us that we actually live as part of community and that in marriage, that's a beautiful example of what that community could and can look like when it's in alignment with you. But we know that from our own experience that it's not easy. Um, But we also know that you know that it's not easy and you've given us so much of yourself so that we can make it through, not just make it through, but so that we can thrive. And Father, you know, one of the biggest ways that you gave us and you showed us so perfectly through your son and Jesus when he died for us on the cross and opened the path and the door to forgiveness for us, for our sins, that you've given us that gift of forgiveness. And so that when we forgive each other, when we're in a relationship, when we're in a marriage, when we forgive each other, we're giving each other a gift. And I thank you that you've given us this gift to give to one another. 
My prayer is, Father, uh, for those who are listening now, whether there are places in your own heart where you've held on to anger or bitterness towards uh, a spouse or towards anyone, that, uh, that you will receive that gift uh, of forgiveness that God has given you and that you will, uh, in response, be quick, even if it's been years later, but now be quick to forgive so that you can enjoy and know the freedom that comes through letting go. And if there's deep, deep wounds, I pray that right now, Jesus, that you will go right into those places, right into the depth of those hurts and those wounds, that you will give um, them the ability to see those hurts through your eyes the circumstances through your eyes, whatever happened through your eyes, so that they can begin that process of letting go and healing, even if even if forgiveness isn't possible today, but that that process mm -hmm. will have begun. And so freedom will come. And we pray for marriages out there that are struggling with unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Pray that, uh, that, Jesus, you will come with your grace and pour your grace into them and over them. And where there's trust that may have been bro broken, we pray for a restoration and a healing. We pray, Father, for um, this the truth that you are forever, eternally trustworthy, that that will um, be the overriding truth that helps us enter into a better ability to trust uh, one another. And... Uh, Father, we thank you that you love us, that even when it seems like we're in a complete mess or our relationships are in a mess or there's, there's problems that abound, that, that none of that has any bearing on your love for us, that you love for us anyway. You love us anyway. You love us in the midst of it and you love us um, throughout our entire lives and forever. And so Father, we thank you and we praise you. We glorify you. And we ask for your help. We can't, we can't do this without you. And we were never intended to. And so, Father, we give uh, all of this to you in Jesus' amazing and mighty name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, before we wrap things up, yeah. I'd just like to put out there that we love getting reviews and we love hearing yes. from you. Um, if you like this podcast, if, if it resonates with you, please hop onto whatever your platform is, Spotify or Apple podcasts, mm -hmm. um, wherever you're listening and give us a five-star rating. Um, we really appreciate um, your feedback and we just got some some new ratings this week, we noticed. And so thank you if that was you. <laughs> Super grateful. Um, but getting getting those uh, ratings and reviews really helps us um, to get the podcast out to more people. Yeah, it's not about feeding our ego or anything. Not, not at all. <laughs> it's like but a we, practical algorithm. We really thing want going on. to help get the message of love out to more people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, yeah. So the more ratings you have, uh, you know, five-star ratings and, and positive reviews you have, the more then it gets um, pushed out to other people. 
So big thank you to all yeah. of you who are yeah. supporting us um, so lovingly. And there's a bunch of other podcasts out there that we've recorded as well. So have a listen to those as well. Have a look-see. Have a look-see. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, bless you, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. You've been listening to the What If We Loved podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and also leave us a rating. It really helps us get the word out there. For more information about our ministry, Love Inside Out, please visit our website at loveinsideout.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you.